Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. When they say 4D for the like roller coasters and stuff, it just means that like they they spray like uh, water at you and like smell, make you smell things. If it's a virtual reality, what are you doing? I don't know. I just stop doing that. Okay, I'm sorry. That's craziness. It needs to be pointed up. It is up. Correct. So you don't need to be pointed at you. Okay. If you're talking about a four-dimensional coaster, that's usually like, and especially virtual reality, like that's usually those things where they put you in and then you're like spinning around. Like it's, you're in the dark because what you do is like put on like the virtual reality thing where now you are not on like a physical roller coaster, but it's like pretending like you're on a roller coaster. Well, was because I, I used to be able to do things that I can no longer do. But I think that it was like back to the future. Like I went to Universal when I was probably Michael's age. Lots of hand motions are happening. Yes, we're having all sorts of technical issues at the moment. Well, I'm I'm not, but I, I'm being told I am. Yeah, I'm having an aneurysm. Okay. <laughs> I really anyway, interrupted you. Continue. I went we went to Universal when I was probably like Michael's age ish. And I remember, and I think it was Back to the Future, where you got into, like, a giant spaceship. No. Okay, then I'm crazy. Yeah, Back to but, the Future was you got into a DeLorean. The actual car. The Back to the Future car. But it was what you're saying. It was virtual reality. where The idea was, like, all the cars lifted up, and you just had a massive screen that was in front of you. And I you have pretend a vague like memory you were of that. Driving through right Hollywood and then you drive into Didn't a, a dinosaur. Did Disney have that with mouth. like Ellen? Kind of, but it wasn't a coaster. Ellen's was like you got on like this slow moving like people mover and you kind of just rolled around. It was like the um the movie ride, the Hollywood movie ride except it was all screens. Well, I have a hard enough time for a while at like the Regal Cinemas. When they had like the opening and you go on the roller coaster like through the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Like I have a hard enough time with that. So that would be like that's it. But and now instead of you sitting stationary in a seat, now like the seats move while I, you're doing I, it. I, right. There because I was watching the um history one oh one about like the space stuff. Yeah. And I realized that I could never do space. I can't even sort of even think about space without getting sick to my stomach. You're comfortably someone that is confident having both feet on the ground. I love the idea. I want to do it. But my body says nay. It's not built for it. I don't I don't know why. Like, I, I guess, because I, there was something that we went to at Universal. There's like, you get in a thing and, like, it moves. Or even at, like, carnivals. Michael made us go on it one time. And I, it was the worst. But even, I remember, like, as a child, I couldn't go on it. Yeah. Like the thing that you, the spaceship that you sit in and it spins super fast and it like sucks you against the wall. Yeah. And then they just had like these pleather pads that you just set, set your back up against and they go up and down. Mm-hmm. The worst. I know that like that, that ride is meant to make you kind of puke. Yeah. But like even when I was young and vibrant and 
youthful and no you've had motion problems like motion sickness problems we established like we had definitely had an incident when we were dating for sure you were so mad at me i was mad at you because i thought you were a fucking liar <clears throat> You're a goddamn liar. So what I thought she was lying about was whether or not she actually liked horror movies or not. Because she's like, no, yeah, I like horror movies. And like my experience up to this point was like girls are stupid and lame when it comes to stuff that's like cool. And you have to like dumb things. You have to pretend to like dumb things because your girlfriend likes them. You're like, yeah, this is great. I love this. Fill in the blank. It doesn't matter whatever it was and you're like no like i I, i'll I'll handle murder i'm like yes outstanding so we go and we see the strangers and we're watching it like halfway through like you're fucking laying down in the aisle like across multiple seats like dying i'm like what are you doing like what what the actual fuck are you doing right now it's just like uh nothing like you're just that you weren't just saying what it was and what it was was that the camera was going to make sure, like, the effect, right, what makes the movie The Strangers, right, so spoiler alert, is that what makes it great is that the bad guys that are in the story oftentimes will come in and out of a screen or in and out of focus because they're, like, in the room with the people that are our, our main characters and they don't know it. So they do a great job with us as the viewer of, like, holy shit. Like the dude is standing right there and she doesn't realize it. But in order to do that, they play with the focus of the camera a lot, which I didn't realize makes you incredibly, (laughs) makes you incredibly sick when that happens. So I think that you're just being a big pussy about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I got so finally you just like got furious. It's like, no. Like it's it's I'm I'm getting I'm getting sick. Well, because you were like, well, let's let's just go. Let's yeah, just let's go. Because I'm like, this is dumb. We yeah. just paid to be here, and I have you fucking dying, and I have to like try to focus, and you're like dying over here, and I have to pretend to give a shit that you're dying, even though I know you're fine. Because like we're not ha- like, well, do we need to go to the hospital? Well, no. Well, then fucking sit up. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little bit like we are with the kids now. It's like. You know, it's it's at some point it, our conversations always go to like Henry or Jack, where they're like, or Michael, especially, where it's like it's they're weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth because of nothing. Yeah, and it's like, well, then I guess we need to go to the hospital then, right? And go to the ER. But we don't like play it down. We're like, okay, we're going. Like well, yeah, we make them like get fine. in the car. Yeah, and like let's go because obviously your arm has been shattered in 17 places that we can't see, mm-hmm. nor do we believe has happened. But obviously you say you need to go to the hospital and they're going to give you shots and maybe they have to amputate. <laughs> like whatever horrible scarring mental thing that we need to say. say. But that's definitely where I was. And it was I was not in a good place. Um but then we learned that you uh, get motion sickness. And so we were... Well, I just so I told you. And everyone always gets mad at me because I told you the story of when I was first learned to do contacts. And first of all, my mom was anti anyway. Because it's like, no, this is more money and this is stupid. You have a pair of glasses. I did my job as a mom. Got you freaking glasses. You're going to wear them. Your eyes already suck. Now you're going to punish us on a monthly 60-day basis. <laughs> yes. For your sucky eyes. But when I first learned to put in contacts, I got sick. Yeah. And, like, was dry heaving in the... Like the opto- like the, the lens crafters or whatever yes. it was. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was in the Walmart optical. And my mom was like, you 
are embarrassing me. You, you will you get your shit get, together. Get it together. Like, what the hell is the matter with you? I'm like, I can't handle things. Touch my eyes or I get sick. It's like, you fucking pull it together right now. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> How but, often is that, though, with your kids? It's just like, do you realize that people are fucking looking at us right now? What the fuck is wrong with you? And, and the best part is, the best part is, in all reality, other people are looking at you and they're like, oh, that poor kid is having a problem. But then it doesn't become that anymore. Then it becomes like, holy shit. That lady is motherfucking the shit out of her kid right that now. That is not what happens. There is judgment and opinion. I think there's just. So much. I think that you all just think that there's judgment and opinion. And I think it's just like, oh, that kid is having a real Real tough time. Like if a girl's like, it's like, uh oh, somebody needs to get a mop. And instead she's just like, God damn it. Clarice. (laughs) You're the fucking worst. It's, it's, but still like the, the eye puff thing at the eye doctor, they have to redo it like 10 times. And sometimes they just give up. Because I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, my eyes literally have a mind of their own. Like, I can't control it. And she's like, no, yeah. Like, the five-year-old had a real problem with this earlier. Oh, wait, no. He didn't. He just kept his goddamn eyes open, lady. And I I can't. Like, I try so hard. And it's just, it's just, it's like I'm sobbing. There's so many tears. And, like, I have to, like, physically hold it open. And even then, like, it'll close at the puff. I would love it if they had, like, notes you know, like medical notes in like I'm sure your file they do. that just says clockwork orange hat. Yeah. And so they just know like, oh, she's coming in. And then they have that horrible thing with the hooks that hook into your eyelids. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, no. This lady has to wear the clockwork orange hat mm-hmm. while she's here. Mm-hmm. So you put the straight jacket on her. You put the hat on. And then, then she can keep her eyes open. It's so bad. Be goddamn. But even being dilated. Like if they have to put drops in my eyes. If I have to put drops in my eyes, I can't do it. I cannot hold my eye open and drop something in there. Your eyes are literally tearing up right now just talking about it. I know. I can see. I can see. I can't handle it because it's like something getting close and then it's like in and out of focus and it's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) And then I vomit. Someone's pushing me open. Crisis averted. (laughs) Crisis. Anyway, yeah, I have. I so have, you're fun. I have. You're fun to go to amusement parks with. Well, I'm now at the point. I wasn't as bad. And then, like, I. Because I'm also terrified of heights. I'm terrified of a lot of things. Yeah, well, you I are. have a lot of neuroses. Mm-hmm. But, like, I remember. Because, again, in case people haven't heard any of the previous podcasts, I was a big fat fatty and, Welcome. like, a jolly giant when I was a kid. We did dedicate an entire episode so, to being fat. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like Michael. Like when I was seven, I looked like I was fifteen type thing. Yeah. And I had an older brother, and my older brother always wanted to go on the roller coasters. I'm like, no, 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 no. And because I was big enough, my parents are like, you're going, and they literally would drag me because they didn't want to go. Right. So I had to go on like one or two. This is probably one of the reasons why my brothers, my brother, has never liked me. But like I think it's just like God, you're lame. Like the there's fucking just worse. because like going on vacation, there just there wasn't a lot of fun because it's like What's... my parents didn't want to do. My parents wanted it's like the vacation was for them, so it's like we're going to Florida, and you should just be grateful that we're taking you to Florida. But we're gonna go to like an old folks 
Yeah. Like resort, which is just quiet and has a small pool so your mom can sunbathe. But this sounds like right down your alley. Because like everything you're describing, which is like fun and exciting and, you know, normal for children (laughs) are not things that would have been interesting to you. So it was, I really liked amusement park. I just, I did not, I hated roller coasters because they were way too high. The same reason. What did you, what do you like about amusement parks then? There's other rides besides roller coasters. Name, why does Henry like amusement parks? He hasn't gone on any actual roller coasters. He desperately wants, he wants to go to, on the roller coasters. But he still loves going. Right, why does his he favorite, love going? But his favorite rides, like the, the Scramble, yeah, those is one fun. that's fast and spins. Right. I really like that as a kid, though. Oh, okay. I just, I... So it wasn't I, my like the motion, motion sickness thing wasn't as strong when you were little. No, not nearly okay. as strong. No, I really enjoyed those types of things. But I have never actually been on a Ferris wheel. I never will go. What? I've never been on a Ferris wheel. You never went on like the one the, that's at King's the, Dominion? Oh, hell no. Really? Like the, the, the I went on like a little baby one at a carnival mm-hmm. that like takes you to the like maybe – like a rooftop level height. Like one story. And that's way too high. I did not do well. Oh. But I've never actually gone on a Ferris wheel. Hated roller coasters. But all the other things I loved. You and, and I used cars, to go. I hated bumper cars. But you and I at like Bush Gardens Tampa would go on like. You've been on yes. like Montu and stuff yes. with me. So when, when I was like I was beyond terrified. And I still am very scared of heights. Yeah. <clears throat> but then. By the time I was a teenager. The peer pressure from the friends. Because I'm like, no, I don't like heights. And they're like, no, these are fun. So I would go. And then for sure, I had fun. I enjoyed yeah. the, the fun of the roller coaster and being with friends. And like having them lose their shit is always fun. Yeah. But then there was the one at Cedar Point, which is a like sister company. Like they're the same company with King's Dominion. Right. And I waited. We waited for four hours. Jesus. For it was... Oh, gosh, can you remember the name of it? There was like a Zoom one mm-hmm. that came out and it was like Top Thrill Dragster. Does that ring a bell? No, because they <clears throat> didn't, they don't have that here. But the equivalent, I guarantee you, that they have here is the Intimidator. Yes. Which is for here that they dedicated it to Dale Earnhardt, yeah. the NASCAR driver, which is this is the, a roller coaster that right it you actually start at a standstill and, and then, then it just should... fires you off yeah. at like you know 70 miles an hour. But that's what so that's what this did, right. but it's not the same as the Intimidator cuz we did that one. Yeah. This one it's you zoom off mm-hmm. and then it went it was I think this time whenever this was. Go super high up in the air. I think it was like the highest roller coaster to be built at the time. Sure. Um, that's why we had to wait for four hours. Right. But all you do is you zoom off and you go up and then it's just one loop in the air. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get enough speed, you fall back down. Hmm. So and they have that it was when they had like the big digital screen was the first time that they had ever done it where they had the big digital screen at your speed and you had to get up like 120 miles an hour or whatever to get Something over crazy. it. Yeah, that's cool. But that's all it was. a. Th- it's it lasts the whole ride lasts like less than five seconds. Yeah, because it just you shoot off and go up and then you have to get enough speed and you go around the thing and then you just like it, it's amazing that this thing stayed on the freaking track. 
Yeah, because it, it looks like how, it's a ninety degree angle, <clears throat> which it's not. That's you're thinking of the Dominator. That is different, and the Intimidator here is exactly that. It literally just pulls G's. It like pulls like a, a solid yeah. one or two G's, and then comes around. Like it's one single yeah. loop. Like the fun is just going as fast as you physically. But can. I think that was the most scared. Because it was for sure the highest I'd ever, like, I yeah. just, but it was so short. Yeah. And you can't feel your face. Right. <laughs> so it's just, I kept my, but it, I remember, I'm like, okay, I did it. Yeah. But that was not fun. But some of them I like, they are fun. Yeah. Like one of the most fun coasters that we went on with the kids was called Cheetah Hunt. Yeah. That is like it's a really fast coaster, but they're smooth, right? You're not yeah. gonna like break your neck while yeah. going on something, and it's not meant to make you vomit or pass out. It's yeah. just meant to just be very active and yeah. moving around, and and that yeah, was it's fun. a great, great one. And I like um, there's some Tampa of the, the like the '76 racer, like the old school coaster, yeah, yeah, yeah. the King's Dominion. I mm-hmm. like still, I'll go on those, but I'm at the point now where it's like one coaster, and I'm literally yeah. And I remember, like, I remember my dad having this. He was like, oh, the G-forces, G-forces. I'm like, you're old as shit. What are you talking about? Right. But it's for sure. Because, like, the some of them that, like, when I was a kid, like, I lost my shit. I'm like, I am not going. Yeah. This, you don't understand. Like, this yeah, is this not. It's not fun. It's not because I'm scared. It's like, I'll be sick and then I'll be sick the rest of the day. And this is super lame. Like, I don't want to be sick the rest of the day. I would and like it's, that Yeah, fun. I'm not going. So, like, my dad went on Montu with Derek in yeah. the, whatever it was, late 90s. Sure. And, and this is in Tampa Bay. This is in Tampa Bay. And he, my dad was done for yeah. like a couple hours. Like, had to sit. But now as an adult, like, I totally understand that. Bunch of bitches. It is a bunch of bitches. But it's just, I don't. Things that terrify me. Do we are... have time? Yes. No, but like the Ferris wheel? Yeah. No. And then the ones that you like slowly ride up. Yeah, the and elevator free fall down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. So my favorite. Just Hollywood. Just, um. The Tower of Terror, Tower of Terror because is different because you're so in you're enclosed, enclosed right? You, you don't see. have really any reality of how high up or how not high up you are, right? And that one's at Hollywood Studios in um, Disney. And for everyone that's poor, um, go fuck yourself. You have no idea what we're talking about. But anyway, um, the uh, no, like at Knott's Berry Farm, so in California, like um, I used to go on. They had like the most uns had to have been one of the most unsafe contraptions of all time which was one of those free fall drop things Mm -hmm. that was um like (laughs) a cage like imagine a shark cage that you'd like put in the water Mm -hmm. that only like two or three people could fit in and that's it and they were called the parachutes and there was like fabric that made it look like it was a parachute above this cage and they would take you way 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 up all the way to the top and you're standing and all they would do is just lock the cage from the outside. There was no harnesses, no belts, no nothing. And they would take you out to the very top. So you could look over like all of, you know, Southern California. And then they would drop you while you were standing. So you're like standing and they would drop you in this cage all the way to the bottom. And I used to go with my dad. And I remember I would get scared. So I would sit down. Yeah. So I would be sitting crisscross applesauce in this cage that only the top of the cage was attached to like the metal thing that would so stay you with can, you. Like, the so crazy people can like swing in the in the wind. It was epic. I think I'd rather do snakes. <laughs> I, would, I would rather get into 
a pit of snakes. And so everyone understands snakes. I've never heard you scream so loud and so blood curdling than the one time that we were out. Well, that's what's in the so woods. freaking crazy. And there was just the snake that was just cruising around, not doing fucking anything. And he's just cruising. I was and trying you were just to pee. like, oh my God. <laughs> it's because I had to pee. So mm-hmm. I had to squat by a tree. So you already were nervous. Don't want anybody to see. I'm back. And I turn thing. around. And, and there was this massive. He was coming toward me. He was coming from He me. was trying to enter me. No, it's. I have a lot of fears and I have a lot of anxieties. Snake, but snakes are up there. So for you to, for you to heights say. Heights and snakes. I would rather go into a pit of snakes than go. Maybe not. On a if cage I saw the snakes, and it, may, it would be a toss up. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was probably my favorite. But yeah. There's. Nope. Yeah. But it sucks because I have boys that want to do all these things and I want to be fun. And I do. I enjoyed the fun part. Like, I enjoyed the fun of Montu. I enjoyed the fun of the... But you know you can do some of them, right? But I am losing more ability. Yeah. Literally watching you on the teacups. Oh, yeah? I couldn't handle it. (laughs) There is a physical reaction. I can't. And it's awful because then my, it is. It's like – then it's like being pregnant and having morning sickness because it's like I can't open my – like I have a headache and I have cold sweat and it's like I'm going to vomit for the rest of the day. Like yeah. the ice cream that I'm seeing the kid eat is going to make me puke. That's, like, it's re- it's, that's super intense. Mm-hmm. My literal goal is to try and make one of those boys throw up on teacups. Please don't. Because oh. then we have to clean that shit up, and then no, they have to clean it up. That's why they're paid eight fifty an hour. I don't know why anyone does that. There's job. a ladybug right there. What? Yeah, on the microphone. There is. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. I love all those things. So Heights. Anyway, yeah, that's your my eyeballs. That's our that, that motion is our sickness. Amy's yeah. motion sickness update. And snakes. And snakes. I can handle. Most other boy things. This just is fine. Yeah. Blood, guts, and, and, spiders. And you like the things. You just have very hard stops of like, this is where the fun ends. And as long as every... It is interesting that as like parents, it's kind of forcing your kids to do the stuff. Like it's very much... It would only matter if you wanted to go on it. So the fact that you said that like it's... Your parents didn't want to go on the roller coaster... It would seem like that was the easy out. Because because it's for Derek. It's I get that though. I it's, get it's like he it's has the fun. To, we paid for his ass. He needs to have some element of fun and he's but, not going alone. So And 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 it's also the fun where like Michael wants everyone to go with him. Mm-hmm. I wanna I want us all to be together. I didn't want it to just be like by myself, which that does blow, right? Doing it by yourself, because I've done that plenty of times. Because my parents don't like roller coasters and were too fat to ever go on roller coasters. Like they physically couldn't get the latch to latch. So sad. Yeah. Because it's becoming more and more of a problem. For sure. That's why if you go to some parks, right, they have the fat row. Yeah. So they have like rows three and four or whatever in the middle of the car. That's like if you're fat, this is the row for you. And if you can't fit here, then you're super fat and you never should have gotten in line. Like it's just like yeah. – that's why when we were kids, it was never like – Hey, see if you're too fat to get on the ride before you get in the line. 
Yeah, those like that exist. is now like a regular thing. But they have all the cars which, seats out there. Yeah, but it's like how, for which how I long? appreciate with freaking cancel culture. I'm just waiting to where it's like, guys, this is why we can't have nice things. We're someone fat to like sue. Yeah, for emotional distress. Oh yeah, I'm, I, it's got to be a thing, right? It's got to be a thing that just allow this is like it, yeah. But that people have tried. Then they're just like, fine, we can't have roller coasters anymore. Yeah, because it's discriminatory apparently towards the fats. Yeah. Anyway, that's bastards. It is unfortunate. No. What are we talking about? One of the things that we, I've I've had on my list of stuff that I wanted us to talk about, um, because we've seen. So your parents recently did a big move. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, and, and by big move, I mean like the only move they've ever done. Ever done? Yeah. yeah. Of of a home of how long did they live in the house for? So my dad built the home in. 1978 okay i think they moved in in 77 he probably started it in 76 77 so 2018 that would have been 40 years Mm -hmm. do i have my math right in 2018 that would have been 40 years right 78 98 98 oh 2008 yeah 2018 would have been 40 years 78 98 08 18 yeah so 40 years right so over 40 years of inside of a single home and um it was an obviously an undertaking to then get to move because in case anyone hasn't moved god bless you it's you accumulate a lot of shit over 40 years unnecessary amounts of shit yeah and um, in order to be able to move again, just in case you haven't, is you can't leave your shit in the house that you move out of. I wonder, though, truthfully, because I thought about this. I'm like, how many people actually do that, though? I'm sure too many. There's got to be in like that two and a half inch stack of papers that you have to sign. Mm-hmm. That's like if you don't move because that's what because they hold your money. Right, they hold that money in that like that escrow account or whatever, and, and they don't release it. I'd be willing to bet it would be like you walk in and it's like, dude, there's like all their shit in here. I guarantee you, there's something in there that was like, yeah, we will move, like we will hire someone to come and like throw all your shit away, and then we will At take that out. Exactly, we'll take that out of your monies, which which I'm sure for a lot of people, it's like that's fine. Yeah, I'd be curious, like, all right, how much is that? Yeah, because this is a lot of work to do all this. I like we don't want this stuff anyway. Just throw it away. Yeah, because if be you wanted it, you would have brought it. Yeah, it is curious, isn't it? Anyway, so a lot for of us shit to think about. So lots of stuff, right? So lots of stuff is is um, that you got to get rid of or go through and decide: do you want it? Do you not want it? Do you want to move with it? And um, it made me think of the idea of like the concept of saving things. And saving items and the idea of like memories and keepsakes and then the concept of what I think I would call is like having a moving mindset when it comes to the items that you collect or keep in your house. And the concept for us has always been we have moved on average every three years. If not, if not more, sooner, right? I think that well, for sure, this is the longest we've lived, and I think we're just now at the point where it's four years that we've been here, and I feel like we've been here for literally our entire lives. Because yeah, because like we get engaged and get married, and we have our first apartment together, 
Which your brother said smelled like it was from 1972. Which it did. This is first. This is first comment. It's like, well, Kiefer, what do you think? It's like, oh, well. We didn't ask him what he thought. shit. We definitely did not ask because I definitely did not give a shit about what his opinion was. Your I mother. My mother did. I'd be like, oh, isn't this nice? He's like, uh, no. Yeah. And it's like, no, motherfucker, it's not nice. But it's what we can afford. And so go fuck yourself. But it was not a great <laughs> first look for you of, of interacting with uh, my brother. But was definitely... Very, realistic yeah it was very um representative of what his ex- of your experiences from then on would have been mm-hmm. um but we lived in that apartment and then we moved to two more apartments we went from what town park to hunter's run mm-hmm. and then we moved to a house so we moved mm-hmm. to the house mm-hmm. that was out by the lake mm-hmm. with the sand driveway it was an awesome house it was awesome um, we lived there for three months. Right. So that means we had three moves from 2008 to 2010. 2011. Yeah, 2011. Beginning of 2011. So we moved three times. So that was just 8, 9, 10, 11. So in three years, we moved three times. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and then we moved several times after that. I'm not, I'm not going to force everybody to relive us moving. But definitely. So that probably would bring our average way way down, right? Yeah, this is our, what, fourth house? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so with that in mind. Not even including apartments. Yeah. So with that in mind of moving all the time, it was like our accumulation of things always stayed very limited because we always did like a purge mm-hmm. of our stuff. And um, it just – it for me, thinking about your parents going through all their things and the idea of like – because we've – even when we didn't move, we were like we did a prep for a move. So when we moved here, like we were getting ready to potentially move and we've talked about this several times before, but when we were getting to move out of the country, we did, you know, a purge of yeah. items because we were getting ready to put the house up for, on the sale, whatever, move. Um, and I think that there's a lot of value in having like the idea – we've talked about it before where every every few months you're kind of like, we need to be poor again. We yes. need to live like we're poor. We Like we need to like trim way down and kind of live – frugally for the next month and a half just because you start getting the itch where it's like we need to do this so it's like okay but i think there's also the idea of like spring cleaning people talk about Mm -hmm. but i think it's like genuinely doing it not just like finally cleaning the garage once a week like once a a year or once every 10 years people do right but i think there's lots of value of doing that exercise of what do you have does it matter mm-hmm. enough? And then get the fuck rid of it. And yeah, and I think there's some, it, it's much easier said than done for others. So your parents and my parents are have very stark contrasts in a lot of things. But for one of them is, again, and we're weird. We're the weird ones in this case, which is that my dad built the house with his bare hands and they lived in it their entire lives. And they would still, if we were up in Indiana, if my brother, like they would, that's where they would live until they die. Same way my grandparents did. Right. But they lived in one house and this is the house and these are the things. Your parents are what I would assume is to, because I remember when we first were married and we met with the realtor when we were buying our first house. And he kept saying, like, you know, you need to look at this, like, the starter house. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, the first house we ever had here in Virginia. Yeah, which was our first house. 
And I didn't understand those concepts, which is, he's like, no, you're on average going to move every five to seven years. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? No, this house is where I will be old on my rocking chair on the front porch because that was my experience. Right. But for your parents, they moved. We moved all the time. All the time as well. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, is so you would assume that after 45 years of whatever, my parents being in the house that they built, the amount of shit that they accumulated, which was great. Right. Um, that the purge would be infinitely more difficult. Well, and because the great example is because we've helped my mom and dad move now, I think a couple of times and like. Just in, since we've been married, I think we've moved to help them move four or five times. We just helped them clean out their garage in one of their houses. And then we did a yard sale for them. Mm-hmm. Right? We made like thousands $2, you know, of dollars doing that, helping them do it. <clears throat> Which I don't know if we ever openly have talked about like that you're a garage sales wizard. And we actually used to hold fundraisers for the school it that I a, used to work at. It is a skill set. Like it's that it is, I it was impressive. Like we we did it enough to where it was like a viable fundraiser for us to send an all call out to our entire school community in the mm-hmm. spring and be like, all that shit that's in your house, mm-hmm. clean it out and bring it to us. And then the school would hold a garage sale inside the gymnasium mm-hmm. and we made a lot of money. Right. Well, and the reason that I did it is because the school was dirt poor. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. We, we always had to have fundraising. It, fundraising was always – but the problem with fundraising, if you've ever been in charge of a fundraiser, is you quickly realize that like the quote-unquote budget for your fundraiser is laughable. Yes. Yeah, because you have to like spend money to make money type thing. Mm-hmm. But it's impossible. And so the reason that I suggested the yards on the ground I came from a long line – of garage sailing experts. I've learned it from my family, but it's like, and that's what we did a lot as a child. Yeah. But it's, there is literally no expenditure. Right. It's just pure profit. All, all you spend is time. time. Yeah. Yep. And I did it. And you do, you make enough money, but it's like, I happily, and I love that shit. And so does my mom. Yeah. Of the idea. Your mom literally came to help. Yes. Like to do the fundraiser. Yes. And your mom too. She did help with the Absolutely. sales part. Mom was game. And so yeah. – My mom is like addicted. Like she just had a yard sale this weekend. Yeah. But this is – I think that to a, a healthy degree, mm-hmm. right, staying within mm-hmm. like not becoming neurotic and psychotic about it. But I think it's – I think there's a lot of value in doing that mm-hmm. is at least once a year have your community hold a yard sale mm-hmm. or you hold a yard sale mm-hmm. because it's – because there's also those things where it's like, what are those things that are in the back of your mind of like, man, it would be sweet if we could afford X. And it's like, man, look around your house. Well, I was going to say, it's a little bit like the check in the couch cushions for change. Right. When there's been a couple times since even just living here where we have played the like, we're poor game, but like took it to the next level mm-hmm. where it's, we can't buy groceries. Uh, uh, the only the only food we can buy is with the cash that's in the house, and like if you actually count your change jar, yeah, it's like fifty bucks. Now, granted, that week I could only spend, which seems impossible these days, right? It was like eighty bucks was like the grocery budget, but yeah, it's, it's like change. you can do like we legit took the kids to Walmart with our change bucket. That's right, and we bought shit with the just quarters. Putting it in that damn Walmart change machine. 
Yeah. But it's like that that's that's what a yard sale is. Is it's just like God, I don't have anything that's nice. It's like you don't realize how much money you're sitting on. And and people play maybe you've played with this before because you you've dabbled in the Facebook marketplace. It's an area that um when I was selling side shit. Yeah, we sold because we didn't have um any money. People don't realize when we say like we're well, well it, it's also it's all relative. So I don't want to be disrespectful to people that are hilariously poor. Yeah. Um but like it's for a family of 4, right? It was and then it was actually for a family of 5, right? It's fully appreciate that it was we were one income. I was a teacher or administrator mm -hmm. and for private schools, they don't pay as well as public school mm -hmm. equivalents, mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't matter. Like how, whatever your opinion is of that, that's the reality. And so you don't make any money. Mm -hmm. So you very quickly either qualify for full benefits from the government mm -hmm. or you, you make just enough to not. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we didn't is because we weren't married. I mean, because we were married. If we um, weren't married, we would have qualified. Because I would have been the single mom with Correct. three no, kids. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's for another podcast. <laughs> but it was – so I would – I was an administrator that drove for Uber and Lyft. Yeah. Like so it's I, the most insane thing. So I drove in the morning so we can make extra money. And it'd be like – oh. What? <laughs> I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole. Anyway, we did lots of different things. Mm -hmm. And I had a great colleague, which I still keep in track with today. And he was like, he had been hustling side hustles for years and mm -hmm. sold stuff off eBay and the Facebook marketplace. And like, we had a great hustle for a while that um, like Best Buy had a, um, you could belong to a gaming club mm -hmm. thing that they gave you a discount and sometimes you could get anywhere from like 20 to 40 percent off video games that was just at the game whatever at uh, best buy well so it, it would be me and him and then he had his cousin or whoever was in it and there'd just be a text that would go out and say like mario golf mm -hmm. and then all we would know is that we would be like all right that means that it is at a discount to a point to where we go and buy as many as three, four, five, whatever, and then you could then well, you're buying them for twenty dollars, and then you could sell them for fifty on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, because you only had a certain window of time that right. it was open, and we would do that. And so we got it was like a regular thing that we were then selling, either selling things that either were so Hatchimals. I was gonna say I remember the Hatchimals. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about it before, but this is like just it's it, it's a super a stupid toy. That was just an We don't egg. need to discuss the toy. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's an egg that has an animatronic creature that's inside that just was like, hey, we're getting a lead that this is going to be really, really popular this year for Christmas. It became like the Tickle Me Elmo. Right. Yeah. And so we went and bought all the things. A lot. Well, of we, there was like a 200 mile radius, like every target in a 200 mile radius. It was enough so that one of our friends that I had networked with gave us like an investment. Yeah. Like gave us money to go buy them, and so then we went and went and bought them, and then sold them on eBay or whatever. So we did lots of things that were just trying to be creative. But for him, it was always like he was, he still is to this day, the dude that would buy like the storage units mm -hmm. that somebody had lapsed payment on mm -hmm. to then be able to hawk the things that are out of them. So he was also very savvy when it came to these things. Yes, yeah, he's awesome with that stuff. <clears throat>
but hustling these side hustles was lots of things that we did all the time. So you don't realize when you look around and it's, there's some things that maybe they have been sitting on the counter or you have duplicates of, or you have the ability, like $5 items mm-hmm. here or there, mm-hmm. or $10 items That's here or there. Real goddamn fast. Adds up. Instead of it always being where it's like, well, we need a new table. And it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do with your old table? Well, we would throw it away. Why? Why? Sell that shit. Well, nobody's going to want that. Like, then sell it for $5. Well, and I can't tell you how many people that you will have that will just come. Like, the shit that you're like, I literally, this would go in a garbage bag. Like, it's not even worth selling. Like, Mm -hmm. your knickknacks. And there's some old grandma that comes and it's just like, and she spends like 50 bucks and buys all your shit. Yeah, random shit. And she loves it. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, the like the, and it's what was told to me all the time of like one man's trash is another man's treasure bullshit, whatever. Right. It, but it was just like, it's absolutely true. But anyway, going back. So your parents, we cleaned out their garage. So it was super traumatic for my mom to when we were running the the yard sale for her, like she had to not actually like walk away. Because she was so emotionally tied to whatever the memory was Mm -hmm. that was surrounding that particular item. Mm -hmm. It was like, not okay. It was like hoarder. Well, she, there is, there is an extra element that's going on with your mom in terms of of things. Cause even like, cause, and that's what I'm saying is the comparison is so my parents have one house for 40 years and they have a house full of shit Mm -hmm. that they easily could have filled a moving truck with. And they just sold everything. Your parents. All all of it. So whatever couldn't fit in their truck. It's literal trash that yeah. your mom won't. Like it's literal right. bills that <clears throat> credit card bills from like 96. Like yeah. these. It's just what the hell. Like this entire box literally can be a bonfire. Right. That, that they would not throw away. So even when they moved up here to live with us, mm-hmm. we had a complete. And we had to stress to them. Guys, if there's a couple pieces of like furniture or things that you would like that are special, please bring them. Yeah. But understand that like we have a house full of stuff. They showed up with two moving trucks. Yeah, of stuff to come in our house. Two full size moving trucks. Yep. To fill our house with things that we already had. Right. Because it was just a complete inability. It was brutal. This was a brutal part of And our... she would get very angry, which I understand. Like there's a yeah. – it's it's me like trying to force me on the roller coaster. There comes a point where it's just like, no, yeah. enough's enough. And your mom for sure has that with things. Yeah, and it was a brutal – it has been a brutal part of our relationship with them that is slowly getting better. Uh, but that's why our parents – my parents lived with us, right, for a year. If you've been – if you go back, you can definitely hear in real time what it was like for us while it was happening. Um, I think we did a 2020 year in review podcast last year where we discussed it. Woof. So um, – <laughs> but but it was it, – it just for us the notion of having so much shit that you fill your house with shit and then you pay a monthly fee for a storage unit to hold your shit – is insane. Is insane. Right? And doesn't I don't we don't actually it's our podcast. So we don't give a fuck what you feel about it. But the reality is we disagree with that. Yeah. And so that's where it's like having methodical 
things where you now can then sell or reuse. You can make some money, mm -hmm. right, doing those things. But it definitely is this idea where your memories and things, certainly for you and I, and I think we've touched on this a couple times, but it definitely appears to be is a difference or it's a change in overall mentality from one generation to the next mm -hmm. of the need to have things. Well, and for sure, pendulum swings all the time, right? But it's, again, that that antagonism that exists between the baby boomers and the millennials is, is, very, is very strong for a lot of reasons. Right. But for the millennials, for sure, like, there's just, there's vast amounts of change. And change perhaps at a rate that traditionally was not as prominent to a degree. Because, again, when you think baby boomers, you think old as shit. Baby boomers are our parents. So you're talking 60s, 70s, right? Generation before then is... They're now currently 60 and 70 years old. That's what, what you're saying. Yeah, the baby Correct. boomers, right. Yeah, they were born. Oh, yeah. Not in, in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, they they are currently like in their 60s and 70s in terms right. of age. Born late 40s into R the late 50s. Right. And again, millennials, everyone thinks, oh, they're, they're the kids. It's no. No, folks. We're the millennials. It's yeah, Gen, like, Gen Z is yeah. now the kids and whatever yeah, the next fucking thing Yeah, we're in is. our like mid to late 30s, right? right. Gen Z is, is the bay. And there's some, even whatever yeah, Michael's. Mid, yeah, mid, mid 20s to mid 30s are your millennial. I think it's even beyond that. I think it's 30 to, I guess, would, well, Gen X was, it's always ends in like a weird, it's like 78 Because I'm the like beginning, 84. like 80, 85, right? Or whatever that is. Like you can be hard line, but it's like from 85 to 95 would be, in theory, your millennial generation. Okay. Anyway, but it's we're the kids, right, of, right. of these boomers. But right. it's shit. It's It's because we can remember that where it's like, Again, we've talked about this, like shopping for the season when it comes to fashion. Like you completely right. do your redo your wardrobe, or the amount of shit that you got as a kid. Yeah, was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And our generation now, now we've t for a lot of them have taken to an extreme, and we for sure side in that wagon as well. Of like, no, like we want a tiny house, like minimalism to the nth yeah, degree. Yeah, less things, less things. But for sure, there's an overall trend of that with our generation's form of thinking, which is just like, no, we will pay a higher price tag for more, for better quality thing to have the, the one thing. Yeah. Singular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because of the sheer amount of times that like we have been forced to move or that just the transient nature that we desire, you know, for a lot mm. of millennials, it's just the idea of being stuck in one place is their worst nightmare right they want to have but it's with all things right it's i don't want to be stuck and have to be at a nine to five where i'm at the same place and the same thing all the time is i want to be able to work from home and i want to be able to travel and i want to be able to to be where i want to be and be nomadic and set my own hours and do my own thing and it's this desire to have everything be again transient and like impermanent right is a desire where if I think the boomers and for sure subsequent generations before them, it's just like, no, this is the house. This is where you are. Yeah. And your American dream is to have your white picket fence and work your nine to five. And this is where you're going to live, right? Well, I think it was also the American dream has been challenged. Uh, Greatly. Quite, you know what I mean? Quite right. a bit. To so where it has changed our thinking. Yeah. The American dream was very much tied to mm -hmm. 
things. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, I bet if you look back to old marketing yeah. back in the day, if it was really going to target back yeah. target people when they were susceptible in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. I bet a lot of marketing was tied to the American dream. Yeah. Is this Cadillac DeVille? Like it's whatever yes. those things were that were, were told. very specific to like, this is what I want to aspire to. I want to aspire to live in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, and, and oh gosh, we talk about this all the time, but it's the idea where even this morning, like my mom was talking about, because we saw a post, which I had never heard of, but you're like, yeah, that's a regular thing where I'm from. If you're in an affluent area where oh. someone had posted like, D- who knows a company that can hang Christmas lights? Yeah. My mother is appalled. Yeah. But there's, they're like that. Their generation is like that with a lot of things that it's just, you do these things yourself. And for our generation, it's very much the idea, which I agree with and I don't agree with on a lot of things because of how I was raised. But it's like the work smarter, not harder. Yeah. For the baby boomers, it's like, no, you just – it's hard work, man. And for yeah. us, it's like, mm, but did you actually get rewarded for that? No. So it's I would rather just pay someone to do the things I don't want to do mm-hmm. because I'm sick of doing things I don't want to do. We only live once and I'm not going to wait till I'm 70 to be happy because you don't seem happy and you're old and in pain and dying. So I'll just be happy now. And there is a fine line, right? There is a fine line. And um, we talk about this like in our business stuff. And we talk about it in our business stuff all the time, which is the idea that it's – so when I'm working, say, one-on-one with a gym owner Mm -hmm. and we're talking about the different things that they want to have in their gym, it's really important. That and, and you can apply this to anything, but it's it's really important that you fully appreciate or understand how hard a thing is before you start paying someone else to do it. Yes. Because it's I have let's use your Christmas lights. I do the Christmas lights every year on the roof. I do the bottom. You do. With my mother. You notice that I specifically said on the roof. Yes. Yes. You just miss it. I did. Underline, bold, italicized. Italicized. Yes. Right. Focus on that. So on the roof. It's probably three hours of work. I would say probably three, maybe four hours of work to do the stuff up there. Mm-hmm. I fully appreciate how much time it takes and effort it takes to be on the roof. Mm-hmm. I also fully appreciate that when I am doing the final hanging of lights on the edge of the roof, that I could fall off. <laughs> right? Because when you're up <laughs> 20 feet, 30 feet up in the air... You have a lot of time when you're up there for 40 – for four hours. You have a lot of time to think about. It's a lot of perspective yeah. <laughs> of like hanging and stapling and being like, I'd probably break my pelvis. I'd probably break my back if I fell. Like best case scenario is somehow I land just right and I only break my ankle. Like either way, like something bad is going to happen when mm-hmm. I fall off this. So I'm assuming a certain amount of risk being up there as well mm-hmm. that if we were smart – I would not be the person that was continuously being up there. Mm-hmm. And because then when you start looking at it, it's like, all right, for four hours, what's that worth to me? Either not assuming the risk mm-hmm. of hurting myself and not being able to work mm-hmm. to help do the work that is necessary to feed my mm-hmm. family. Um, but also just the amount of time that now I'm not with the family right. or the time that I'm not working. Yeah. And so that's when you start to have a shift of mindset of thinking of like, okay, how much is it worth? than yeah. to have somebody come out here. It's like, it's probably worth $400 to me yeah, at least. And we just barely did this mental exercise with the deck. Yeah, We want to have the deck, like get sanded, get cleaned off, be able to be sealed, this, that, and the other. And it just was like, this would take, this would take us six hours to do. 
and we would hate. Every second. However, it ended up would not end up the way we wanted. And I guarantee you it would have ended up with three extra trips to Lowe's. And everyone about being seven mad. more hours tacked on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it not being done well. Yeah. And so that's where, so it definitely is this shift where it's like, no, you just learn. And so there is this fine line where you do need to learn. You do. Like yeah. it's, but it's, and when I'm talking to folks that we work with, it's like, you need to appreciate before you hire someone to help you with social media, before you hire somebody to help you with selling or marketing well, or fill in the that's blank. That's what gets every, grinds everyone's gear, especially when it comes to things like education, where people make like policy. Mm-hmm. By people that have never stepped foot in a classroom. Sure. It's like, what the actual fuck? Like this has... This this will not... This is... This is not reality. Yeah. And even sort of. So it is important that you appreciate the reality. So appreciate the fact that when someone comes and wants to charge you $1,200... Instead of to, just being outraged. And you're just like, what the fuck? That is awful. Well, that's that's my... And I and so yeah, for sure. It's like that's goddamn ridiculous. We will do this ourselves. And I'm like, pump the brakes. Yeah, like I know what this takes. And you now have a further appreciation of doing it because last year you helped me for really the first time doing like serious renovation when it comes to like doing the bathrooms and we were Mm -hmm. cutting tile and grouting and doing stuff that I've had a lot of experience doing before. Mm -hmm. You're like, never again. Because I did my absolute best. And every time I walk into that bathroom, first of all, the urine situation, we've covered that. Correct. Just, it's so disheartening. But it's every time I go in that bathroom, my eyes immediately go to like the God that is not even with that. Welcome. And I hate, and I can't. To my life. No, I know. But that's, again, it's the shifting going back full circle of just the traditions and like the ideas of like what you do and what has been done with the boomer generation and with our generation is we are like, "Mm, but actually could we make that better? Like there's a lot more for them. It's very much based in the idea of like, this is how it's done. This is how you do it. And we were a generation that was like, actually like this outside the box thinking for them, it's very much you just keep your head down, you do the work, you do what your elders tell you to do, you do what your superiors tell you to do, you have the respect, and this is how things are done. Yeah. And we we challenge that greatly. But in, in terms of things, for sure, that has been – and not everybody. Like, I still know a lot of people – like, again, when my parents were cleaning out their shit, like, my dad – Talk about hoarding. My dad yeah. goes through a things phase where oh, whatever definitely. he decides to collect – he has collected diecast cars. He collects old wooden ships. License he, plates. License plates. He collected um, like upper deck cards. Like yeah, yeah, my baseball. brother never played baseball. Yeah. But it's like my dad, I'm not kidding, has a room full. Had, had a room. Had. Mm-hmm. Past tense now. It's still, it's still fresh. Now your, bro- now your brother has it. And it's, it's, he's just like, well, what am I? Because I think too also is – the boomers are starting to realize because they're a generation that like raised their again the the American dream like we're gonna retire in Florida. It's like actually no, you're fucking not because your parents are aging and you have to take care of them, right? And all this thing. So it's like they have realized that as their parents die, like my grandparents recently went into the assisted living. They have been in their house since 1948 when my grandfather built their house. So yeah. talk about shit. Mm-hmm. It's like I'll take hold my beer. Yeah. You're 40 years worth of I'll shit. I'll raise you another 40. Yes. Yeah. 
But it's so my mom and all the kids when they were cleaning out the house, it's they got some perspective of just what are we because again, it's these ideas. It's like, oh, your baby book, we're gonna save this. We're gonna save your first clipping of hair and all these these artworks from first grade. And it's like, for what? Yeah. And and for my dad, yeah, again, they saved all my Barbies. They saved all which some stuff is cool to like look it, back on, but it's just like, well, you're gonna want this one day. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I don't want these things. I don't want my first hair clipping. Yeah. Thank you, mom. No. It, it feels can... it feels actually weird. Yes, it's very uncomfortable. Thank you. <laughs> but it's they had just gotten so used to these are the things that you do. But then when they die or you need to move them out and it's your parents, it becomes so overwhelming because it's the shit that was once personal and memorable to them. Right. Is now like oh my god. Like, what, what are we going to do with it? And what yeah. happens to it all goes into a trash bag. Like, that's the thing I think that a perspective for sure exists for our generation and you sh- should be for the boomers of having to help with their parents of going into assisted living or dying or whatever mm-hmm. is this idea that it's these things that you buy. The people that still like, oh, every year for Christmas I give you a new ornament for your tree. It's like, for what? Yeah. And granted, I know we are extreme Because it's like, we don't even, we don't buy birthday presents for each other, you and I. We don't buy Christmas presents. Like, it's just, and I know that that is the most millennial thing of like, we don't buy presents for our kids. We give them experiences. Experiences. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's for sure a thing that it just, ultimately, like, in the end, my kids don't need another thing. Yeah. Just because it's your birthday. And it's like, oh, look, I bought you a nice new sweater for your birthday. Because I think about that every time I go shopping. When it's like, because again, I worked in American Eagle for four years. Holiday sales go through the roof. Because like people buying sweaters for who, and it's like, do they really need another sweater? Do we really need the the extra ornament? But that's just it. What's interesting is that the clothing is made to only last. Right, right. A certain and, amount of time. And that, again, is a perspective that's changing. It's on purpose. And it's for, but it's for all the things. It's for food. It's for brand. Because that's what I was explaining to my mom. She's like, because again, Aldi was a store that existed. Because it's like, it's, it's a European store, right? But like Bativia, Illinois, or whatever it is. I call it bat shit crazy every time I read it. Because like B-A-T-A-V-I-A, Illinois. Batavia. Yeah, it's like, I think we're like the headquarters is, it must be for the U.S. version of Aldi. So like, us being right there, we had Aldi growing up. Yeah, which Aldi I, was not a new thing. And yes. I had never heard of it. But it, and it was where we shopped because it was the discount store. Right. It was for discounted goods. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it was, I grew up on Tastios and not Cheerios type thing. That right. it came from Aldi. And my mom talks about all of them. She's like, oh, all these just, it's come so far. Because now my mom's going into like, they have all these cheeses. And like, they're really good. And you I'm not a hummus person, but they have this thing called hummus that like, and it's really good. I'm like, yes, mom, welcome. But those shifts, and that's why Aldi has niched down so specifically. And they're so good at catering to their demographic, which is our generation. Right. And younger. And as that's like, that's what I was explaining to my mom. Is that because my mom was always so embarrassed about having to buy store brands or 
or discounted merchandise or whatever. Yeah, because I guarantee you all the marketing that was driven at kids, at you and your brother, was like, Mom, we're so sick. Why can't we just have Cheerios? Right. And, and for sure, there were, those were those things. Yeah. Because it's like, well, Susie's mom gets the Cheerios. But again, so to talk about stark contrast with your parents is even when I first met you and I was like, go get some cereal, you came home with a box of frosted flakes and like bounty paper towels or something. And I got so mad at you because I'm like, you literally spent three times the price. Mm-hmm. And granted, this is ingrained in me from when I was a child, but it's like, for what? Because I like Frosted Flakes. Right. And so, but that's the thing. It's like you're, you were brought up that it's just what was on TV was Frosted Flakes and like branding was so important. Mm. It's not even – it's not even that. No, but if, for as a child, it's not. for. But for adults, it's – oh, well, I need to – this is what I saw, so this is what I get. But the, yeah, and it's not even – yeah, it's, it's not even a thought. Yeah. Like the marketing is so good that there isn't a thought that there is – the Walmart brand. Right. But it's 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 shopping list. Like you don't – I don't call it facial tissues on my shopping list. I call it Kleenex. Of course. They're they're facial of, tissues. Kleenex is literally just a brand. Exactly. So it was we need to get cereal. It wasn't I need cereal. I need Frosted Flakes and I need Cheerios and I need like fill in the blank. It was the actual but brand. But like paper names. towels equals bounty. Yeah, like I need there bounty. is no other – like I when need. you're shopping everything, you have the blinders on. Yeah. Type thing. And my mom was so embarrassed by that because she never was able to do those things. Yeah. And so for her, it's like this this worry about things. And for our generation, it's like, mom, we don't give a shit about branding anymore because it's stupid. Yeah. All the caters and is so wonderful for our generation because we fo- we care about quality of product, which mm-hmm. they have. It's mm-hmm. not cheap bullshit. Sustainable living and sustainability, which mm-hmm. they promote, right? And just ease and fluidity of the experience. Right. Because we – like time is what's important to our generation. Right. So it's we don't want to go into Walmart and have to spend like multiple – no one knows where anything is. Like all the – is you can get in, get your shit done and get out and it's affordable for families with young children – you're buying good shit. Yeah. You're not buying cheap shit. And like you're in and out in 30 minutes. Well, because it's – there's four options for cereal. Yeah. They, they you know eliminate – what I mean? Like it's, it, it, that's where it definitely is that people are coming to a point where the fatigue yeah. of choice yeah. is just like, can I just – I just want cereal. Yeah. Like there's one option. Yeah. And because I heard when we first moved here and there was Aldi and we were talking to some families that weren't hip to what Aldi was mm-hmm. – Definitely it was. I don't like Aldi because there's not a lot of – like I don't – none of the stuff that I like to buy is there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, bitch, that's, that, that's why it's awesome. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, it's so great. Yeah. It's because, like, but it's also – now it's organic. But, and you see – and that's why it's like – so the Aldi following on social media is right. huge. Like they now they now market with the – because there's like the hashtag all Aldi. You have to explain that because people won't have any idea what you're talking so, about. So, like, there's the Aldi nerd group, and it's an it's called the AOS, which is the Isle of Shame. Okay. So, like, hashtag AOS. And so, if you've ever been into an Aldi, right, they do all the grocery stuff that they do very well, but there's what I've called forever has been the fun aisle. Yes. So, the fun aisle is like an aisle that does change every few weeks of just stuff that's in there. And my guess is this is what they call the Isle of Shame. Yes. It's like – it's it's a little bit like hashtag Target Run, which right. is just like I'm going in to buy milk and cheese and 260 
seven dollars later i come out because yeah. target does it well as well yeah. it's just things you're like oh i need this right it's 2.99 Right, like right. it's yeah it's that's what happens it's like so, yes i need a step stool and a new basketball and this it was like it's yes. what they've done is they've taken the whole concept of walmart mm-hmm. and they just put it into one aisle but there's one option right there's not 18 basketballs to right. choose from but it's so that hashtag aos is isle of shame and like hashtag all aldi is like and now that like i i never know if i'm saying it but like charcuterie board yeah car car shoot no fancy shit right yeah. Is they have now an end cap of like hashtag all Aldi and like here's your charcuterie board because people share them on social media so frequently. Yeah. Like they just they work really well with the marketing. But um God, what was the point? What was the point of me saying that? You're saying that they they cater directly oh, to their Well, base. another thing was um a lot of people in the beginning was like, Well, no, I could never shop there because like my child will only eat lucky charms right and then it became like a regular thing of people like the tiktok videos of like they take the lucky charms and they just switch out the bags and like the child eats it right because there's literally no there's differences in some things but sure aldi is is fantastic we we are not sponsored or endorsed by aldi but we will happily be so yes (laughs) no we we really do enjoy them but yeah again it's the shift in thinking of just branding is not what it used to be things are not as important right and when it comes to being in a house like there are things that you want to keep right so anyway my parents took 40 plus years worth of shit and they didn't even get a moving truck when they went to florida full-time yeah they were they, we, we weren't expecting that we had dealt with my parents and um with a couple of their moves and it was borderline traumatic And then we really were like you were mentally preparing for whether or not you would need to go up and like help. Yeah. Like, mom, we need to throw this away or we need to do this. We need to do this. And your mom single-handedly because everybody else either was running the business or was too old or had had surgery, whatever. Like nobody else helped her. Mm -hmm. And she just ran through that shit one room at a time, sold it on marketplace sold it at yard sales or just trashed it mm-hmm. and just and kicked it. and just kicked ass to where they took a home of 40 years and all that they moved with was in their truck in the bed of the truck now granted they, they it helps right because they their home in florida is furnished right they have stuff that's there so right. it allows them to do that but if you've never moved across states i'm telling you right now that your armoire and your dresser is not worth the price of you hauling it across several states well, unless that shit is like an antique yeah unless unless grandma's like unless you have to have that and that is definitely like it's it is definitely the shifting of for us mm-hmm. in our time of life nothing that we own can be very expensive because it's going to get destroyed by our children yeah and so because they're going to destroy it there's like the 200 dollar armoire mm-hmm. or dresser mm-hmm. it's i can find another dresser yeah. when i arrive at my location yeah that is either going to be cheaper or equivalent that does not justify the cost of renting right. the truck to be able to haul it well and i think there also is this shift as well with our generation is the concept of like upcycling and again with the sustainability concept sure. and like minimalism is and it's why like 
a lot of our clothes come from Goodwill as well is not only because it's cheap and our kids grow like weeds, so why spend money? But like, it drives me nuts when people are like, oh, I got to go shopping for my kid. And they're going to like, I don't think JCPenney's is a thing anymore. But like, they're, go- they're like, they're spend- going to Ross. Well, Ross is not the same, but like it's they're spending a lot of money on buying new shit. Sure. For like, that's like we're gonna go to Carter's when you have the baby. Oh yeah, yeah. Or um, what the f- yeah, Jimbery or whatever. But like, we legit shop at Goodwill hmm? for most of our shit because it's the i it's 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 still good. Like, there's no reason to yeah. have to continually make things. Like, things can be reused and reused and reused. Yeah. And. Granted, we're the weird ones in this type of thinking. I'm, I know most people when it's like, okay, we need to get a new table. They're going to Grand Home Furnishings. They're going to Ashley Furniture. And it's like, why? Yeah. Are you real? Like, you can just buy one that's you. It's a little bit like the cars as well. And I understand there's different reasons for buying a new car versus a used car. It's not exactly the same. Right. But it's, it's a table. Right. And then they bought that at Ashley Home Furniture. It's just like four or five years old. Yeah, they made the mistake. Yeah. Of <laughs> buying it brand new. And it, it is just a shift. And so that there's there's a lot of mindset shift things that we're, we're talking about to challenge it. But at the bare minimum, I think where for me the idea of having a moving mindset is being able to kind of look around and say, do I need the three staplers that are on the desk right now? I don't the, need three staplers. No, there's – but that's all I'm saying. Like, it's, Do I get to explain the three staplers or no? Well, they didn't have to realize that there's actually three staplers on this desk right Continue. now. Yes. But go ahead. No, I'm just fine. The example is, look around. Do you have four computer monitors? Yes. Three of which aren't being used. Yes. So it's like, okay, why do we have this many? Yeah. Uh, because what if? That's not an answer. No, like but it's, it's just it, – for people, I think it's just this like, God, I don't have time. That's it too. It just, I'll just move. Just stick it in the box and we're moving. And it's like – it's it's such a detrimental – like, and that's why people that live in the tiny homes, they're not all these weird hippies that like want to be transient. Sure. Like overwhelmingly, if you watch the shows on Netflix or on HGTV or whatever, it's – we have done this and we are happier. Right. And that was our big drive for it as well. As first of all, we've always been poor. And it's like, God, I'm so sick of spending money. Poor and and to make sure to qualify with that, what we mean when we say that is that is living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. Like that is the mentality where it's like it's can we get out of that? If the washer breaks, does that mean we can't buy food this week? Right. That's and so it's we like, can at. we can we get out of that without just constantly driving us into further credit card debt mm-hmm. or driving us further into debt or whatever? And it's like, can we get out of that? So instead, it's like, okay, can we either you make more money mm-hmm. to spend more mm-hmm. or can we cut our costs down to as little as humanly possible? Mm-hmm. And right, like one of the ultimate ways to cut down costs is like, do I really need – five bedrooms when if i really think about my foot traffic in my own home i go from the kitchen to my bedroom Mm -hmm. to maybe the living room like i spend time in three rooms and i'm paying to heat seven yeah and so that's where definitely is that shift of mentality so go ahead but that's what i'm saying is that it's it's a shift in mentality in a lot of ways is it's for financial reasons people downsize right Mm -hmm. But there is this component that was big for me is especially having kids. It's like it, it's it's a constant sense of failure 
for multiple reasons, right? But it's like one of the big things is like my job, since I'm 95% a stay-at-home mom, my job equals house and home. So I'm in charge of cooking, cleaning, organizing, scheduling. Like those are my jobs, right? You literally spin your wheels. And that's why, and every mom knows this, is like you clean one room and then when they're in the other room, it's just, they, they've trashed that. But it's, right. it is true. So if you have less shit, if you have less space, <laughs> you have less to clean. True. So you can act, it's an, it's an actual achievable process. Because here's the thing, you have the five bedroom home and it's like, yeah, we're going to have, the kids can have like the whole basement and whatever. First of all, that never happens. <laughs> right. Ever. Kids right. just are a, a hurricane no matter what room they're in. But it's, like you said, it's then you either need to, like, fix the problem. You need to make more money to get out of your financial woes, which equals more of your time, which then equals less time for you to be able to just clean the shit. (laughs) Right. Because that's why it's just like, well, I have a cleaning lady. It's like, why? It's because I don't have time to clean it. It's like, yeah, but the money that you're spending for the lady means you're working more just to pay her. It's like, just prioritize your shit. And then you don't have to pay her. There's a point. You don't right? have to work as much. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of people spend their wheels. But yeah. for me, that was a big thing. It's just, if I could have a smaller space and less shit, it's less time for me to have to clean, mm-hmm. which means less time of me being angry and frustrated and saddened by my children. And then more time that I actually get to spend with them doing something I want to do. Sure. So that it just it's it, so it's it's fine for financial reasons, but ultimately it's this shift in thinking of that more doesn't equal happy or more doesn't equal more. It's like less actually equals happy. Like and that's what it seems to be a universal trend now for everybody. Some people like their shit. Yeah. My dad likes sitting in his chair surrounded by his things. Yeah. It brings him joy. Mm-hmm. But. For a lot of people that have made this transition towards minimalism or towards tiny living, the consensus is I am happier now. I have infinitely less shit. Yeah. But again, it's that it's why people love Aldi. It's that noise of choice. It's when I go to get dressed in the morning, my closet only holds four shirts. Yep. It's not overwhelming. When I go to cook breakfast, I don't have to dig through the pans to find my omelet. Like I have the pan. Yeah. That I'm cooking eggs. So it is goofy as it is. And if you if you look it up, like a lot of the, the super genius people, right? They're giant weirdos for a lot of reasons. But it's like. There's a reason why they wear the same thing every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. it's I have a white shirt and black sweats. Because it's it's one less thing I have to think about. And people think that that's stupid. The, we don't realize how much brain power we spent on things that actually really don't matter. Correct. And that's the problem is it's just when it comes to like where it's it's Thanksgiving's coming up. It's like, God, I have to dig out grandma's casserole pan. Does anyone know where the casserole pan is? Or like where mom, where are my green shoes? I don't fucking know. I don't know. But if you only have one pair of shoes, you're going to know where you put your shoes. You know what I'm saying? Right. But then it's a lot of times and I fall guilty of this as well when I'm at the freaking store and it's like, God. Everything's on sale. Well, no, it's not. Well, that, right. But it's like, okay, I need to buy pasta. Do I need to buy pasta? I can't remember if we have pasta. And I'll like, I buy it. And then I look and because it's hidden in the back by all the other shit, it's like, God, I bought extra pasta and I didn't need to because we already have four things here. Right. It's But that people fall into that all the time. They can't find things. So it's like they just buy more and more and more and it's this perpetuation of shit. Yeah. 
But it is. It's taking time. It And it does take time. But it is something that should be prioritized. Just, and it is. It's a simple act. And so that would be to like kind of end this concept of what we're saying of like saving things and, and having things that are tied to memories or, or maintaining a moving mindset is probably the idea would be is being able to just periodically take an inventory mm -hmm. of what you have that exists and don't do the whole house, right? Do one room. Or do a closet. Yeah, yeah one something. room or a closet. I know the easiest thing for me whenever I got bit by this bug originally and got the itch was definitely like looking in my closet. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't wear. In fact, I spend more time looking. moving the shit out of the way that I don't wear to get the things that I actually want to wear. Mm -hmm. I have five shirts that I want to wear. I have 25 t-shirts. Mm -hmm. So I just need to get rid of these 20 shirts. Yeah. Because I literally don't wear them. Yeah. They're just in the way. Or... I have five shirts that I wear. Two of those, two shirts that go beyond that, I'll wear because we'll paint something in the next year and I want something that can get ruined. Yeah. Like it's, that ends up being, it's where it's, it, that becomes a much easier task to be like, I just minimalized or I just kind of shrunk this down. And then you kind of, you start to see things in a different well, and it's, and, and again, they make, they make Marie Kondo bullshit. Yes, that's right. And it's like all, I forgot about all, that. all of these concepts, like they exist for a reason. Right. Because it does help. It bring, it, there is an element of calm that does end up surrounding the experience and, and of just letting not, go. And not having cluttered bullshit everywhere. And if there is something that you enjoy, it's like, well, does this bring you joy? Hold That's the right. shirt. Does it bring That's you joy? That's right. I but forgot. as goofy as that is, it's with all the things. Yeah. And, for, for, and granted, we're, again, extremists on a lot of this. But it's like when you're looking through the photo album, it's like, do you, do you really need this? Yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to save this for when you're old. It's your kids are not going to want your shit. Okay. They don't want your shit. They want your money. Which we do have another podcast idea on that topic. Yes. Yep. And like your assets, but like this this Christmas ornament that was given to you when they were born, they don't want that shit. Yeah. So it's just, when it, it can, can your shit be digitized? If you cannot get rid of these pictures and these mm -hmm. memories, because again, your mom still mm -hmm. has, I'm not kidding, 50 to 100 boxes totes sitting in their basement full of just pictures yep from when you had to go get them developed, developed mm -hmm. from when you were kids mm -hmm. but she'll never do anything with mm -mm. but they matter to her when she starts looking through the box she becomes so overwhelmed with the emotion and that's you fine but it's like then you need then the first step for you is digitizing because you know what your kids are going to hope when you die the only reason they're going to go through that box is just in case you happen to put money in there. Okay. You know, the <laughs> like, socks, like, if you're a grandpa and you're shoving money in socks and you're it's throwing... It's like, did you think mom and dad like left any money or yeah. gold in yeah. here? And yeah. so they're just going to... Because... They don't care. They don't give a shit about and the And that's... that's it it's is. like, oh, that's a cute photo. Where's the money? Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's what it is. It's just when it comes to memories and things. Like, we have photos on the wall as, like, family... But it's, like, it's for decor. And it will evolve yeah. as the kids age. It will not add. It will just change. I will change out the photo, the family photo that we took last year. Mm -hmm. And that will come down and will go in the garbage. And then the new one will come up. Like it will not. It's not adding. Right. But it's just 
prioritizing. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Have a moving mindset. Don't get as much shit. Yes. The end. Yeah. Goodbye. You can find us on social media for at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. Find us on Instagram at, at It's Possible VS. That's V is in victory, S is in Sam, at It's Possible VS. You can also find us on Facebook at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. You can find John at on Instagram at jbanksfl. And you can find Amy on Instagram at amy.m.fairbanks. That's A-I-M-E-E dot M dot Fairbanks on Instagram. If you're interested in being able to uh, talk to us more about some different things that you have going on, you'd love to be able to get our input and be able to have us possibly come in and work with you and help you with the things that you have going on, shoot us an email at info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. That's info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com.